0: Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. This uh, is the end of the 11th month of Kaddish for Ruzlinda Srachokhana. Generally, when it's an 11 month yard site, is when we are awakened to eulogize, to say the least. However, many chabad is we don't eulogize by funerals, lest we say the wrong thing. Perhaps, perhaps, we praise the person in a way that This might be exaggerated. We say something that... We're overdoing it, and... The Neshama has to face that. When someone says something, Here in this world, it's heard up above, up high. And at this time, when the Neshama is being judged... If a person says something of praise, of, of greatness, of glory about this nishama, and the neshama can't prove it, can't live up to it, it's not a good story. In the physical mundane world, you praise somebody, about their riches, their wealth, their their, their brains, their, their genius, their whatever it is you want to praise them. And they can make up for it. They can live up to what they're being praised about. In the world of education, in Chinuch, pray, it's all about praise. I know everybody uses the other P word, Positivity. Being positive. Everyone wants praise. This is another P word: a pat on the back. Everybody wants a pat on the back. Another word which has a P in it, but it's not, it doesn't start with a P, is appreciation. Hakarasatayif, recognition when one does something right. It's actually all in one. It's all rolled up in one ball. And the opposite of those that we mentioned cause turmoil by every given person. If a person, instead of being praised, is always put down, another few word. is always told how they're lacking. It's always told how they could have done better. They should have done better. Why didn't they do better? It's also an approach, mind you. It's an approach which we hope and anticipate. And many people have that approach to themselves and inflict that upon themselves and say, I could do better. So no matter how much someone praises me, no matter how much says someone says something that I did so good and so well and so beautifully and so eloquently, I say, oh, I could have done better. I went out and I put on film with ten people. Praiseworthy. That deserves a pat on the back. <laughs> <clears throat> but you could have done better. You could have stayed another few minutes maybe found an eleventh or twelfth person you never know yes that one can tell themselves one can negate their own ego one can put their ego in place as we say and say eh great thing you did they're all applauding there's a thousand people standing on their feet applauding for your speech but heh maybe there's a word that I could have said that would have been even more impressive or better yet not better yet worse yet whatever you want to call it perhaps someone heard me say something and misinterpreted or misconstrued the words and what will happen then I I need to be so careful to count each and every word that I say. Myself included. Here I'm sitting giving a sheer, a lecture, whatever you want to call this. How many times am I concerned afterwards how I expressed something? Did I get the point across? Was it really, Dwarama Hayetzam and Alev, did it really come from the bottom of my heart? If I ask forgiveness from a fellow Jew, did it really come from the right source? If I praise somebody, did it really come from the highest of high? If I speak of their special neshama, and how the potential, and how they've turned around their lives, how they become a total new person how proud either I am of them or how proud they should be because of all that they've accomplished. Did I embellish it too much? Did I overdo it? Did I understate? Did I perhaps, the person will turn around and say later, Ah, why didn't they mention this and this? Why did they only mention those things? out of all my virtues. Could have mentioned another virtue. Could have added one more. Could have given me one more pat on the back. person needs to know that their life and their destiny is in their hands and their control. And yes, we go through many, many different Again, the words, trials and tribulations. We go through many different difficulties, many different painful moments. We go through many good ones as well. We recognize and remember and engrave the bad and the harsh. And we tend in ourselves, naturally, we tend to put aside the praise that we received We tend to put aside the achievements that we have done. We know that we've done it. We know that we've heard it. But there is something negative that someone said, something negative somebody did to me. And this is forever, ever ingrained in my system. I cannot get that out. No matter who I speak to, no matter how I try... I can get past that great moment when I achieved to get a phenomenal position or a a semi-phenomenal, a good position. I took myself out of the worst of the worst, the low of the low. I was working with people that I, I appreciated working with the job itself, but not the surroundings. Not all that was going on around me. And I just couldn't make good out of where I was. Yom Tov was not Yom Tov. Out of Shabbos they tortured me to come home late. But Hashem sent, Hashem blessed me with another position, opening my eyes and telling me that look, look how much more you are worth. Look how phenomenal you are. Look what a special Neshama you are. But here too, I became a little complacent I think. And although I know that I've accomplished and I know that I am accomplishing I know that I'm doing so much for so many people and my surroundings are relatively safe but I'm lacking recognition and I'm being given, being taken advantage of because of my good shama so I turn around and I say I I need to grow and you're right you're 100% right everyone needs to grow everyone needs to move on everyone needs to find the courage to move and to push forward and to persevere to bring themselves to a place where they'll be ultimately almost satisfied with waking up in the morning and doing what they have to throughout the day, and going to bed at night. And when they say Shaman Hamapal at night, they know they've done the right thing. They've been in the right place today. They've said the right things. They've accomplished what needed to be accomplished. And they feel, within themselves, accomplished. person merits to be on this world for close to 102 years 102 years of this world some of us don't even want to see this world for a day (coughs) because what we see and what we experience what we hear in this world some of us say, Baruch Hashem, thank you Hashem for giving me today, the for giving me my Nishama back so I could start another day and make this day better than yesterday. Yesterday, two days ago, I married off a daughter. Baruch Hashem, my ninth child getting married. They should be happy, they should be... So, bias together. They should find all the proper things. They should build the bias. Then be Israel. Opinion of the We now. Beautiful thing, camaraderie, family coming together. Mm-hmm. Everybody in one room. How much? What, what more could you really ask for, Rebbe Nachman? we always find that little bit more that we want from Hashem. person that lives almost 102 years, and I don't believe ever uttered a word of dissatisfaction, a word of want, a word saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you wronged me, Chas Shalom, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you could have done better for me i could have had something more i could have gotten much better never i don't believe ever left su- such words ever left her lips so you must imagine she must have had a phenomenal life she was orphaned very young raised practically all her siblings She went from Iraq, Baghdad, and had to go to Burma. And then her husband was a... His job brought him to different places, Nigeria or whatever it might have been, where the norm was koshering your own kitchen chickens and everything else, which her husband helped them do most of. Never a word of negativity to Hashem, Chas ever left her lips. She knew very well how to reprimand her own children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. She knew very well each one of them, who they were, where they came from. She wished them each happy birthday on their birthdays. And just to give you a trivial example, at her 100th birthday, one of the great-grandchildren wore a shirt said, I'm your 100th. But yet, all that was given and all that was done, and all that the children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, named Nachas for She always said, thank you, Hashem. But never took it for granted. Always thought of one thing on her lips, and only one thing on her heart and her mind, till Mashiach will come. So, when we judge, when they judge, the Mila, at the end of 11 months and they say Kaddish was recited three times a day and they say your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren you can't grow something if you don't plant it so it's definitely the toil of our hands That planted these seeds, that saw to they grew, they flourished. And once again, as we say, eulogies are very, very, very precarious and dangerous, especially when the Nishama is being judged. But in this particular case, there's there's no such thing as over exaggerating, and there's no such thing as saying too much. And if you say too little She didn't care. She didn't look for praise. She didn't look for that pat on the back. Worked as a secretary, worked as this, worked as that. Ran the businesses, ran things that people couldn't control if they wanted to. She got her salary, she got what Hashem wants to get give her. She moved on. and Hanasham is definitely looking down at us now and if she was here she'd probably slap me for talking so many things about her but until Mashiach will come she'd be ready now so that we should be able to see each other once again and we should be able to watch her whip her daughters in scrabble or her son or anyone her grandchildren to try to play her. And what Karish Baraku is doing without listening to her words of Tilam on a daily basis is a pretty strange thing as well. But we must learn as a lesson how we must keep smiling, how we must keep happy and we must always be satisfied with what Hashem gave us and understand that everything is from Hashem and this is a living example of exactly that everything is from Hashem she would live on, she would live with that and and thrive on that and this is something that was a lesson to us children son, in-law children grandchildren chayim chayim pashas vayeda not to be confused with pashas Voeda. again, trials and tribulations, tests <laughs> Avraham Avinu is given one test after the other <laughs> let's talk practical something that always was <laughs> a little thorn that always concerned me. That I didn't understand. And I can't say in past tense, actually, because it's probably present tense as well. A three-year-old little boy comes out with a question. Fathom this, picture this. Three years old, just had his haircut, And he's looking up and he's saying there's a heaven there's an earth there's water there's all these different things running around animals creations where'd it come from? who's running this ship? but he's in the middle of the day it's a beautiful clear sunny day who's running it? The sun, sun must be running this world because look how everything is lit up and beautifully illuminated. Must be from the sun. Well, a few hours later, guess what? Sun left. Sun went down. It got dark. And what do I look up? I see, ooh, the moon. Oh, here's the real one. The moon must be running the world. And next to the moon, I see, wait a minute, I see stars. Maybe it's the stars running the world. And going back and forth with the questions and the doubts, where is this all coming from? Until finally comes to a realization that it must be Hashem. three years old and there's only one god in this world and although his father made a livelihood of selling statues as gods he knew and realized and understood that these were not gods these are stones that his father built created carved out these are not gods. There's one God and God, one God only. Ooh. That's a problem. How do I serve Hashem? So, and practice. Let's talk practical. There's a factory running And this machinery, and there's th- all different things that have to fall into place. And you know, from this factory, by being there every week, you get at the end of the week a paycheck. What I do to get a bigger paycheck, I got to do a different job, a different thing, a different job, oh wait. I gotta be nice to the boss. Who's the boss here? Anyway. And you go up the ladder to find who's the actual boss who's running the show here. And you find you say, Wow, boss man, you are the boss. I appreciate what you do for us. I will serve and do whatever you need. Just tell me the job and I will do it for you. And the guy sees, you know, hey, he's good. He's devoted. He's dedicated. Sure. And give him the work, give him jobs, give him things, give him a raise. Givaldic. Give so let's talk differently. This guy, out of all the hundreds of thousands of workers that work in this factory, this guy who recognizes the boss and says how great and praises the boss, the boss says, You know what? I want to see how worthy, I want to see how trustworthy, I want to see how devoted and dedicated you are to the job. And he gives him a job which is going to be so difficult to do. And the guy does it. And he says, You're good. You're good. I no mean, how, how can I keep you? You're going to get a supervising position soon. But you know what? I got one other job for you to do. And every time he turns around, and no matter how much he throws at him, he succeeds. Until the literally finally tells the guy, "You are the man." It doesn't dictate common sense common sense says you come and you're recognized you're given a position if you fill that position properly you deserve a raise, you deserve a promotion you deserve to move up the ladder fine but if you don't fulfill the position exactly the way it's supposed to be but you're pretty much on course thank you thank you, you won't grow in my company you won't get much of a raise, much of a bonus but thank you for doing yours Echod Hoya Avraham Avraham was one and only who came across as a three year old child understanding there's only one God in the world he went and took all the statues in his father's shop and smashed them he busted them to pieces shattered them and then gave the hammer to the biggest one and he said to them, when his father came in what happened he said to his father this big guy was the strongest God of everybody and he killed everybody else Needless to say, the father said, you're off your mind because these guys don't talk or walk. This is all my livelihood, get out of here. You he just destroyed everything, get out of here. Hashem, because <laughs> you should be looking down at Avram and saying, you're doing a good job. You're doing a great job. You're really propagating and educating the world. Hashem <laughs> hachad, and Ishmanish Venika, you're going, you have a tent it's open from four sides, and you welcome guests all the time, so that you can get them, and doctrine them as well, into believing and to answering and to saying and praising Akkadish Barakhu. You're good. I love you. I'm gonna give you whatever you need. I'm gonna bless you with everything you need, and you're gonna be able to succeed at your mission. Even greater and easier, simpler. Common sense dictates that would be the way to go. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you got one guy out there. He's your only guy. He's your man. To, he's your go-to guy. Let him build the world. Let him educate the world. Let him bring up all the people that need to be brought in into the fold. Let him teach. Let him educate. Give him plenty, give him sustenance, give him food, give him children, give him family, give him nachas, give him everything he deserves so that he can do with full heart and dedicate without having to be distracted with anything else to do your mission on this world. Common sense dictates that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a different approach. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tests Avram to see how strong and loyal he is. And Avram goes through not one, not through two, three, four, five tests, but ten tests. One of which he ended up throwing himself into a furnace not to desecrate God's name. He had no idea he was going to be saved by miraculously... Be, uh, being, being protected in this in the furnace, so he did it though because this was for God's sake. And then the final, the tenth test. Hakadosh Baruch Hu tells him, "Take your child that you love so much, the one that you called Yitzchak." the one that you waited for for so many years, because that was another part of the test, mind you, until 100 years old, he didn't have a son of his own, with his wife, Sarah. Why? Why is he not given easy street? Why was he not given carte blanche? American Express Black. Do what you want, Avram. I love you. You're the guy. You're doing the word. You're spreading the word. You're really educating the world. You're bringing down through chesed, literally, the highest of high to the lowest of low. You're making the reason for last, you're making the reason for why and how I created the world so that I would have a dwelling place in this world. You have, you're doing it all right. You got all the pieces in the puzzle together in the right place. So why would HaKadosh take Avram and put him through Shebita Gehanim, through all these different tests? Each test, let Avram grow. Each test had tremendous spiritual connotations the test of being childless gave me a taste to the small fatherhood but Sarah Sarah needs to have a child how can I do this to Sarah? just imagine a man with such ava Yisrael for the world how much he loved his wife and the pain that he saw his wife going through being barren helps the then sees to it that she has a child she's blessed with a child but before that yet another one of the tests that Kharish says Avram we need to make a pact together that we are going to remain connected with and that's a bris milah. so Avraham Avinu at 99 years old does, performs a circumcision on himself, a bris and here we are on the third day after the bris the pain says Rashi this many places. The pain on the third day is excruciating. It's worse than the first. Now, Baruch Hu wants to help him heal. Now, Kaddish Baruch Hu could have just wiped it away and made no pain at all. But Akash wants wanted. to give and to see and to show exactly the value of what's going on here. So he's now in need of healing. However, he is a tremendous host and his people constantly coming to his tent. What's to against? How do I do this? Well, a solution What's the solution? The sun. Mm-hmm. The healing powers of the sun. Not only the healing powers of the sun, but also, HaKadosh Baruch takes the sun out of its cover and lets the world heat up to a tremendously high level, <laughs> keeping everybody off the road. Everybody being off the road, Avram had nobody to step into his tent, had no reason to get up, to serve anybody. And therefore, what happens? He sits alone outside his tent, and truth to be told, he was probably in more pain over this than he was over from the bris. The fact that he has no guests, he was not not doing well with this. What do we do? Hakadosh Baruch Hu felt very bad, and he is sitting in the sun and he was healing himself and healing himself and akhadish baruchu came to pay a visit akhadish baruchu came to pay a visit in the midst of It's a mitzvah to visit the sick and each person that comes to visit takes away a 60th of the pain and therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu came to visit Avraham Avinu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu appears before Avram Avinu as the Hush begins. Avram sitting on the third day of his Bismillah in the sun, desperately looking for passerbys who are not going because of the heat. And finally three angels appear. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there, sitting with Avram, being Mevaka, visiting the sick, and Avram sees three angels, he didn't know they were angels, passerbys, going past, and he says, time out, hold on, hold that thought, I'll be right back. And he runs to greet the guests, and to bring him into his tent, and everything starts flying. Avram in super speed motion, Third day, bismillah, and pain and everything else. Full speed ahead. Doesn't say Avraham prepared, it says, Rot Avraham. He ran. He ran to get the matzah made, and this made, and that. everything done as it was Pesach. No. No. We all know that we learn from here Godel having guests, welcoming guests is greater than actually talking to the shkina himself. Now we don't know what that means even. <laughs> That's the truth. What does Godel mean? What does it mean greater? Do we understand? Can we measure a mitzvah? Measure that this mitzvah stronger or bigger, greater worth more? above our pay grade we're not capable of that but yet our forefather Abram, the jet setter who's gone through the ten tests has gone through nine of his tests tells us and shows us by living example although I'm talking to HaKadj himself I see guests I'm going to greet them Test number nine passed by Avraham Avinu with flying colors. The tells us, After these things, and Baruch tested Avraham, now he tells him, "Kachno es bincho es asher as take your son your only one that you love Yitzchak <coughs> um, what would be so wrong take, son, yitzhak, take your son and that's it take your son Yitzchak and that's it for each commandment Avram. Merited another merit. Kachna is bincha. Kachna says, "Take your son." Avram says to the Avista, or Yitzchak? I have two. I should have the one you love." Via spade to spade, a fact a fact. I'm not happy that Sarah, that has been driven out, and she does bear a child of mine, and you know. When you say my son, I have two. And I love them both. To which finally Akkadish Baruch says to him, Yitzchak. Each commandment built another reward. He receives another reward for the another mitzvah, the bincha, the echidcha, asher hafta, For each one of them, he gets another merit. Did he play a game here? No. Was he looking for more points, brownie points? No. Was he proving a point? Yes. He was proving a point that the child, each and every child, is, an, is its own entity. Each and every child is a special, not chefetz, but a special existence. And therefore, we need to respect each and every one. We need to speak nicely, even not in front of the child. We need to think properly about the child and think nicely about the child. Hence comes now the tenth of the, the, the ten tests of Avram Avinu, the test of Akedas Yitzchak. Take your son and bring him in sacrifice. This is the hardest of all the ten tests, and its merit stands for all the generations. The Rambam writes in the Holy Book of Merit in case you're looking for it, the tachlis of this nasayin of the Akedah was to spread out the word to the world. Shnei Two factors very fundamental the foundation of Judaism. first of all the idea is let us know <speaking in Hebrew> the boundary of loving and fearing God <speaking in Hebrew> So how far does it reach? In other words, simply to make it that each and every person needs to be able to give over and devote and dedicate themselves to love and fear of God. That's item A. Item B, the idea is, <speaking in Hebrew> to again educate us and let us know how much the Prophets believed truthfully, 100%, on everything that that came from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Mm -hmm. intended to shekht his son. That mere fact in its own shows that it was a commandment from God and therefore had no hesitation whatsoever. He was ready to go through with it with no problem. As a commandment from God. If he was not so dead set sure, entirely, he would not have done it. This test of the Akedus Yitzchak proves us the most definite form and fashion of the receiving, the Kabbalists and the by how much they receive prophecy. The first fundamental thing we spoke about shows the magnificent and the great magnificence of the love to Hashem which is something that does not exist to any given person. People love their fellow Jew. People love some people unconditionally. But it's not and never can and will be the same love that one has to the love between a person and their friend causes a person. To be totally dedicated to their friend. And to totally be mervater as we say your own personal needs or wants especially if it will do bad to a friend. If it will hurt the other person. A person does everything in their power to see to it, to help and to cause only good to a fellow Jew. A deeper love than that is a father to the son. A son is part of the father. And therefore it's a natural thing how the father loves the child. The father is willing to give themselves entirely over for their own child. If something ever happened bad to a child it shakes the father to the core and he's willing to give everything up for it he's willing to jeopardize his own life for it this is unconditional deep, deep love But the love of God is a total different aspect, a total different angle. This is a deep and ingrained, so deep within us, that a person literally can sacrifice their own life for God. Not only their own, but that of their children. Not has shown to lose them. This love is ingrained within, in a certain point, in the Pintla and shama, and there is no human faction that could ever eradicate or take this away, that could stand against it. This is entrenched within the, other, the utter depths of our Nishama, Higher than any kind of natural understanding or grasp. Where do we see this? We see this by the Akedah. This is where it reveals itself deeper than ever. This test which Avram withstood and Avram overcame the Rahmanas of a father to a child and was prepared to sacrifice his child according to the commandment of God. This is an ultimate achievement. How his love of God was so deep, deeper than that of a father to a son, deeper than anything that can exist on this world. Mind you, Yitzhak was not five, he was 37 years old. So the son could have struggled and fought off his father too, probably. Father 137, you know, come on, let's be real. but they both came to an understanding they both achieved this level of love to God to w- go through with a commandment that on the natural cause was totally totally irrational these two basic foundation, fundamental concepts which were spread and throughout and that the entire world know about this test of the Akedah. This came, also in the Beis HaMikdash, In a place, where the Nisoyen, the test took place itself. Avedas Hashem, serving of a in a higher level, with avedis HaKabanas. This sacrifices that one brings, is greater this completes and fulfills the love of God and His fear, as they spread the world, spread to the world the kabbalas that are brought for the well-being of the entire world. And then the second fundamental foundation that we spoke about is the revelation of the actual prophecy of Hashem, the resting of the Shekhinah which happened and took place in the Baisa Mikdash, giving us the capacity and the capacity to each and every Jew to elevate and to see with their own eyes Godliness. So as we spoke, there was not one test. If you keep your score at home, a Gimara Sanhedrin, pay test And it's brought in Bantan as well. But Sanhedrin, pay test Ahmed explains. When the Baruch Hu tells him, Kaakhtar is bincha, this was the tenth of the tests. But the says, Nisi become an asyenis, I tested you several times and you. S- scored on each one you did you st- withstood each and every one Akshov says baruchu, now I'm say stand up to this test <laughs> that nobody should say Ein mamish that the first ones are nothing, that were not real wow why Nine tests were pretty severe. Why would they be totally nullified? Threw himself in the fire. What greater? That, you know what? Throwing himself in the fire for his own well being and being, uh, not imagining and fathoming that he was going to be saved in a fire. That's way bigger than Akeda. And Akash Hu didn't even come and tell him, hey, throw yourself in the fire. He did it for Akadosh Baruch Baraku because Akadosh Baruch Hu wanted to see, but Akadosh Baruch Baraku didn't tell him I want to see. Here, the Akedah, he got a commandment from Akadosh Baruch Baraku I want you to do this. So, of course, he did it. I'm sure if any of us talked to God, we'd also do exactly what God said. I mean, we do talk to God, we learn in the tale of Gashem. But we still don't hear Baruch himself commanding it to us. So, on a direct commandment like that, of course he listens. The fundamental, the foundation of this actual test. Babanel <laughs> says that the Akeda is the actual shine and horns and the merits of our forefathers in heaven. People that gave their lives for their belief on Yisrael, even after Avraham Avinu, amongst the amongst the non-Jewish nations, it is a tremendous thing. But the Akedah stands head and shoulders above what's true Nefesh? the person that says I, I, I have no ego and, and I give myself over entirely to nothing's too hard nothing's too messy nothing's too exaggerated nothing's too um, overburdening I'm ready to go full force it doesn't have to be that I choose death over life people kill themselves for the Parnassah is that a Messias Nefesh? No but a person that kills themselves in order to spread the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and exchanging their own lives so that the world of HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be revealed He's doing more than he's doing in life in his li- in his in his daily life, but that's not called mesidus nefesh. Rather, withstanding overcoming everything that we can face, all the misfortunes and all the things that go by in our lives, all the things that we face from other people, this is considered more of a level. So therefore there could be that a person that chooses death as a higher level might not be exactly gaining the most I like I probably like Ghanaian better than I like Elam Haza. So when they're telling me to just walk away from my existence. Death. I prefer death over my life. The person that's totally enveloped the entire life in pure emunah might believe that, might feel that I can connect to God better this way. The in the test of Ur was maybe just that. Avram was simply going up and upping his ant, anti, antics. rather than serving any other gods he was throwing himself in the fire maybe it's not real Nefesh. but the test of the, of the Akedah this was a whole different level a whole new entity a test of a sacrificing nobody saw it, nobody would believe that this guy is sane, nobody would say oh wow, he's such a great saint he, saw he sacrificed his son even if it was for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and besides which Yitzchak was the only heir that was possible to take over his, mon- his mission so all my years, 137 years of work and toil, I'm going to throw out the window now and kill Yitzchak and destroy everything this is called Mesiris Nefesh because unconditional love of Kaddish Baruch Hu, he was able to go forth and to sacrifice in this way to give himself totally over his entire essence his physical essence and everything that he devoted for 137 years he was giving up for our because this is what our Baruch Hu told him to do this is true Mesir that, that, that Avraham Avinu has given us been able to give us that we can inherit from Him a definite devotion that we have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with any kind of boundaries, without any kind of hindrances in between. And therefore, the Nisayin of the Akedah was much greater than anything else because it gives us for all generations to come, for worlds to come, for the life to come, and this is the the jet set that Avram Vino set for us. And may we all merit to see in the merit of the Yitzchak, and the merit of that Akkad, okay, the merit of that Nisayan, the ultimate reward, the reward, the reward of the Ullah, Hitus Vashlemah, and the Mashiach, said, now, this very Shabbos, where Vayeda, a love, and Akkad Baruch should appear to us as well in Yerushalayim, in the base the Shasti